3: Lucy Letby is accused of the murder of...
4: seven babies and the attempted murder of ten others. While she was working on the neonatal unit at the Countess of Chester Hospital. Letby denies all of the charges over the incident.
3: Lucy Letby was the only person working on the night shift. It was alleged in court that their mother was apparently told by Miss Letby, trust me, I'm
4: a nurse.
3: This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of crimes, the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose very job it was to look after them.
5: Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven children and injuring 10 more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. In total, there are 22 charges, all of which
3: she denies.
5: I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for The Mail. I'll be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist.
3: Every week on this podcast, we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details behind the headlines.
5: This is The Trial of Lucy Letby.
3: Welcome to episode three of The Trial of Lucy Letby, where we get behind the headlines of this case and bring you the detail the
5: jury are hearing in this Manchester court. The babies in this case are not being named for legal reasons and the identities of their families are also being protected. They're known only as Babies A to Q. Seven of the babies died. Ten
3: survived. The jury are now hearing about each baby in turn. So we're going to focus each episode of this podcast on each baby. What the prosecution say happened to them, when and how. Welcome to Episode 3, Baby A. Baby A was a boy. He was a twin. He and his sister were born prematurely in June 2015 by caesarean section, around nine weeks early. Now, this was because their mother was admitted to hospital with high blood pressure. She was a high-risk pregnancy because she had an autoimmune disease which can increase the risk of blood clots. And Liz, baby A, was small, but not a bad weight for a premature baby.
5: Yes, he was small. He weighed about 3 pounds 12 ounces, which is about 1.6 kilos. He was classed as an intensive care baby, and he was treated in what was called nursery one, the intensive care room on the neonatal unit where the sickest babies were being looked after. But soon after he was born, he was breathing on his own, and actually the doctors and nurses considered him to be stable.
3: Okay, so baby A was in nursery one. How does it work in the unit? Do all the nurses look after all the babies or do they have assigned babies to each nurse?
5: So the way it works is that there were four nurseries or there are four nurseries, uh, the Countess of Chester Hospital's neonatal unit. The sickest babies requiring the most intensive care were in nursery one, the jury have heard, and there were up to three babies in that room at any one time. Guidelines say that babies that sick should really have one-to-one care wherever possible. So baby A was in nursery one and his designated nurse was Lucy Letby. High dependency babies were in cots in nursery two. They're supposed to have two-to-one care. While nurses looking after special care babies who are less poorly, they were looked after in nurseries three and four and they could have up to four babies each. Okay, so the prosecution
3: say baby A was doing well in the unit and there were no immediate concerns for him.
5: Yes, although he was vulnerable because of his prematurity and required intensive care, one expert actually told the jury this week that Baby A was doing really, really well. But sadly that didn't last because a few hours later, at 20 past 8 in the evening on June the 8th, he suddenly stopped breathing. The prosecution say this was because Lucy Letby had injected air into his bloodstream shortly after setting up a glucose drip a few minutes earlier. The jury have been told that she was alone with Baby A, having just come on shift. His care had been handed over by the day nurse. Obviously, when a baby stops breathing, staff rush in to help, and the jury heard from Dr David Harkness, the senior registrar on duty that night. With help from Lucy Letby and three other nurses, he gave baby A CPR and tried to resuscitate him. He also called in the consultant on duty, Dr Ravi Jeriam. But after around 40 minutes, they realised baby A could not be saved. The court heard this had a real impact on Dr Harkness. He said it was one of his first neonatal deaths and he was tearful after the baby died and took time off work. So I think, Liz, in the minutes after baby A stopped
3: breathing, nurses rushed to get his parents and his grandmother, who were in a different part of the hospital.
5: Yeah, his parents were watching television in a side room when nurses ran in and said, you've got to come quick. The parents rushed to nursery one and his mother said it felt like hundreds of people were standing over his cot and trying to resuscitate him. The baby boy's grandmother recalled that she knew he was gone as soon as she entered the room. She said he was blue. The court was told that his mother was sobbing uncontrollably and begging, please don't let my baby die, please don't let my baby die. The parents were eventually told by doctors that their son would have brain damage and further complications if he survived and the grandmother told her daughter, you need to let him go. Eventually she relented and simply nodded her head to the medics to stop the chest compressions.
3: Baby A was pronounced dead at 8.58 that night and we know that Lucy Letby then took his hand and footprints for the family as well as a lock of his hair.
5: Yes we found this out in court after the jury heard an agreed summary of one of Lucy Letby's police interviews. She told detectives the death of child A was awful and agreed with the interviewing officer that it had been difficult for her but she said the nursing team had supported each other through it. Lucy Letby said she'd taken hand and footprints of Child A following his death, with the parents' consent, and had also taken a lock of his hair. She said she felt it was a nice thing to do, a way of giving the parents memories. I think in that same interview,
3: Liz, Lucy Letby also told detectives that she knew Baby A and his twin sister, Baby B, were much-wanted babies and his parents had waited a long time for them. The interviewing officer then asked... Who told you that? And she replied, it was known through the nursing handover we had. She was then asked if that sort of information would change the way she would deal with parents. And she said, no, I would like to think we treat all the parents the same, but you bear in mind what they've gone through to get to this point. And Liz, it's worth pointing out, I think now, that it was quite unusual after the death of baby A that an immediate post-mortem was ordered because of the mother's pre-existing medical condition.
5: Yeah, that's right. The jury have heard that doctors were initially concerned that the mother's medical condition may have contributed to his death, and this meant they were worried about his sister, who we know as Baby B. But the post-mortem revealed no obvious cause of death, and in fact experts at Alder Hay Hospital, the specialist children's hospital in Liverpool, and at Great Ormond Street in London were consulted and they all concluded that the mother's blood clotting condition could not be passed on to the babies and was irrelevant to what had happened. So doctors were baffled. And it wasn't just the doctors who were baffled. Baby A's mother said after her son's death that she and her partner had searched for a reason why, but never really got any answers.
3: An important part of the prosecution's case revolves around an unusual rash or discoloration of the skin that doctors say Baby A and other babies that we'll hear about in future episodes developed during their collapses. I think at least three of the doctors and nurses present have given evidence that they had never seen this rash before in their careers, haven't they?
5: Yes, and the rash was the focus of evidence given by Dr Ravi Jeriam. He's the TV doctor that we talked about last week, who some of our listeners might have seen on the one show or this morning. He's also one of the most senior children's consultants at the Countess. He told the jury he qualified as a doctor in 1990 and had worked at the Countess since December 2004. Okay, so Dr Jerriam was the consultant on call when
3: baby A collapsed and he was also there when attempts were being made to resuscitate him and it also seems likely he'll be called back numerous times in this trial. This week, though, I think he was subject to some intense questioning by Lucy Letby's defence barrister, Ben Myers, wasn't he?
5: Yes, Mr Myers wanted to know why if this purpley-pink rash, which Dr Jeriam said was flitting and blushing on Baby A's body when he collapsed, was so abnormal and so unusual, had he failed to mention it in the notes he wrote after Baby A's death, or in his statement to the coroner and in evidence to the inquest a year later. And Mr Myers also wanted to know why it was only in his police statement taken more than two years after Baby A's death. Mr Myers suggested that Dr Jerriam had been influenced by a research paper that he had looked up at the end of June, weeks after the death of Baby A.
3: So how did Dr Jerriam explain this to the jury?
5: Well, Dr. Jariam said he didn't realise the clinical significance of the rash until months later, after more babies had died, and it had been present in others who collapsed. He said the research paper, which the jury heard is well known among paediatricians, examined the effect of air embolus, that's air in the circulation of newborns, and it described almost exactly the rash and the skin discoloration that was seen on the body of baby A. And the prosecution say the air embolus is what killed him. Yes, their case is that when Lucy Letby took over his care, minutes after she came on duty on June the 8th, she injected air into his bloodstream, something she denies. So one of the most significant aspects of this week's evidence, Liz,
3: were details that we've heard about Lucy Letby's relationships with her colleagues and the jury heard about some WhatsApp messages that she was exchanging with other
5: nurses. Five days after the death of baby A, Lucy Letby and a colleague who were working on a night shift began messaging each other on WhatsApp. In the messages, Lucy Letby said she did not want to be in nursery three, where the more stable babies were being cared for. And she wanted to be in nursery one with the sickest babies who needed intensive care. So these messages were sent in the evening of June the 13th.
3: That's five days after baby A died. Now, we're going to hear extracts of those messages. They begin with a message from Lucy Letby's colleague, Jennifer Jones-Key. Actors have voiced them up for us. You OK, Kiss?
4: I just keep thinking about Monday. feel like I need to be in one to overcome it. You need a full-on break from ICU. You have to let it go or it'll eat you up. I just feel I need to be in one to get the image out of my head. To be in three is eating me up. All I can see is him in one. It probably sounds odd, but it's how I feel. It sounds very odd, and I'll be complete opposite. Well, that's how I feel. You don't expect people to understand, but I know how I feel and how I have dealt with it before. I voiced that, so can't do any more, but people should respect that. I think they do respect it, but also trying to help you. Why don't you go in one for a bit? Yeah, I have done a couple of meds in one. I'll be fine. Forget I said anything. I'll be fine. It's part of the job, but just don't feel like there is much team spirit tonight.
3: Liz, so we've heard a lot about what the prosecution say Lucy Letby did to harm baby A. What do the defence say?
5: Well, they say Lucy Letby is adamant that she didn't do any harm to Baby A and that she was a hard-working nurse dedicated to looking after all the babies in her care. The jury have heard snippets of police interviews where Lucy Letby insisted she had done nothing wrong. She told police the death of Baby A was awful and very difficult to deal with. And her defence claimed Baby A was a vulnerable baby because of his prematurity and that he received poor care, or as they put it, suboptimal care, in the units in the hours before he died, which contributed to his collapse.
3: Yeah, and I think it's accepted, isn't it, that baby A went without fluids for four hours on the day that he died.
5: Yeah, the jury have heard that the unit was actually quite busy at that time, and that is true. And while it wasn't ideal that he didn't have fluids for that length of time, Two of the prosecution's expert witnesses have said that this could not account for why he suddenly stopped breathing or why he could not be resuscitated. Liz, well, you mentioned their expert witnesses, and
3: I know in this case expert witnesses are going to be a really important part of both the prosecution and the defence case. I think we'll come to the details of the specific expert witnesses shortly, but for listeners who don't ever step foot inside a courtroom, what is an expert witness?
5: Um, An expert witness is someone with knowledge or expertise in a specific area who the police and prosecutors ask to look into a case and present their opinions on. Essentially, they look into it and decide what they think happened and give evidence about that in court during trials. Uh, In this case, the expert witnesses for the prosecution are Dr. Dewey Evans and Dr. Sandy Bowen. They are both consultant paediatricians with around 30 years' experience each. They're going to be really important as this trial progresses. Dr Evans was the first expert called in by police to look at the medical notes of babies who died or collapsed at the Countess between June 2015 and June 2016. He was asked to try and find an explanation for what was going on. And then once he'd given his reports, his findings were then reviewed by Dr Bowen. Essentially, she was asked to look into what he had found out and to see whether she agreed with him or not.
3: And in the case of baby A, their conclusions were that he had been injected with air.
5: Yes, both Dr Evans and Dr Bowen concluded that an air embolus, or air injected into baby A's bloodstream, was responsible for his death. Of course, the defence expert witnesses are likely to have a different view but we haven't heard from them yet and we will later on once the defence case gets going.
3: So that's what the prosecution say happened to baby A in this case, why they say he died at the hands of Lucy Letby and why the defence say she is innocent of the charges against her.
5: In the next episode, we'll focus on baby B, the twin sister of baby A who collapsed just 27 hours after her brother died. Thankfully, she survived. Hope you can join us.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands.